What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Whoopoo Show. It's your boy Chris here, back with another movie review, this time uh, Dr. Sleep. So, let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, if you guys don't know what Dr. Sleep is, it's essentially a sequel, a direct sequel, to uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. And I think we all know The Shining. It's pretty much pop culture by this time. We all know the Here's Johnny with uh, Jack Nicholson's crazy ass busting through a door with an axe. So, it's pretty iconic. Um, so, just going right off, right off the bat, I mean, um, it's been a while since I've seen the original Shining. I think it even came out since before I was born, maybe. Uh, but I did rewatch it before going to see this movie. Um, it was more of a just like a a random just choice to go watch the movie. Uh, when I was younger, I wasn't really a fan of The Shining because I obviously I thought it was terrifying. But uh, as I got older, I tended to appreciate the movie a little bit more, especially uh, Stanley, Stanley Kubrick's kind of a filming style. Uh, so yeah, I, I ended up becoming a really big fan of the movie, especially since it started becoming pop culture essentially in uh, the sort of scheme of horror movies and just horror in general. Uh, so yeah, I decided to go check this out. I actually took my mom. She's a big horror fan. But uh, I, to be honest, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> Wasn't really expecting it to be like this genre-defining horror movie, but it was damn good, man. And honestly, my first sort of thing that I noticed is that Ewan McGregor is did really well playing Danny. Uh, and basically, the, the gist of the story is it's just a continuation from where the first movie left off. Um, you know, as you know in The Shining, Danny and the mom kind of escape uh, Jack. Jack goes mad. The hotel kind of takes control of him and has him trying to kill Danny. And uh, yeah, so now it's a continuation. He's all grown up. He's kind of ended up just like how his dad Jack was. He's an alcoholic. Uh, and he's just kind of having trouble getting by in life. And... Um, yeah, so it's 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 nothing too complex. It's not a very complex story. It's uh, what I did appreciate of the film though is that it kind of went more into the Stephen King. You know, as you know, there's there's a you know, it's kind of general knowledge now that Stephen King wasn't a big fan of Stanley Kubrick's interpretation of his uh, book. Uh, mainly just the direction that he took, and I think the ending was like a big place where they kind of just had different uh, views on what what should be you know shown in the movie and what direction they should take, but. Yeah, regardless, I think what, uh, and I can't remember who the director of this one is. I'm going to have to actually look this one up. This isn't, uh, I actually didn't do my homework before doing this podcast, guys. But, you know, fuck it. <laughs> uh, so the director of this movie is, let me see. Hmm. Mike Flanagan? So, uh, I think... He did a relatively good job. So Mike Flanagan, um, he did uh, The Haunting of Hill House, which is a very popular sort of horror series on Netflix right now. Um, he gen had a general idea of, like, he kind of paid respects to both Kubrick and uh, King in this series, in which he kind of references and goes back to the uh, source material in the books and kind of brings that in into the light of the movies. And then at the same time, he kind of adopts the sort of cinematography and the film style of Kubrick. In which, because there are times in this movie where you kind of go back and forth between the first movie uh, and The Shining where they're back at the hotel and kind of more modern day, present day, what's going on now, what the aftermath of all that is. And I think uh, one of the primary reasons why I enjoyed this film so much is that it gives you that background on what exactly The Shining is, right? And what, what, it, what it entails and you get a little bit of history, you know, that there's like dark forces at play, ancient forces at play and... 
kind of you know because in the first movie it's kind of danny he's a kid he doesn't know what the hell's going on he thinks he's just seeing things and it's later in that movie that you know he meets uh man i can't remember the guy that he meets in the kitchen um his name but he kind of explains him hey you know this is kind of you know you got you got basically you got powers right almost like a sixth sense in which he's he kind of interacts and he can see uh you know the afterlife and i guess in the end they kind of you don't really get into the first movie in which he's like going into his like mind palace type bit you know shit where he's like he's got this area in his brain that he can kind of escape to where it's literally in his mind um it didn't go that far in the first film but in the second film it kind of goes bonkers with it right like they're basically like <laughs> i kind of saw them as x-men and I just think the way it's portrayed is really cool, man. It's very Stephen King in which how it's portrayed. It's got that eerie sort of creepy feeling to it. Um, basically, Danny's all grown up. He he you know he he's fully aware of his abilities now. He's not sort of naive to it. Um, the he kind of becomes like this Ghostbuster type thing. <laughs> when he was a kid, he kind of learns how to harness this ability. This the shining is what they call it or shining. Uh, so whenever he's using his ability, it's, he's basically, it's, he shines, right? That's what they call it. Um, so he learns how to control this power that he has. And essentially those ghosts from the hotel, uh, kept following him when he was a kid and he learns to sort of like trap them inside his mind. So that's what I mean. Basically he's like a fucking ghostbuster, but <laughs> it's, it's not as like a uh, cheesy as the ghostbusters made it seem. This is more like dark and he's kind of trapping them within the confines of his own mind. Um, but yeah, he ends up finding that he's not the only one with these abilities. This whole time he thought he was kind of, uh, a rare occurrence. Like there wasn't very many aside from the guy that he met in the first film that kind of explained to him what his powers are. And that guy actually makes an appearance, which is a really cool thing. That's another thing I liked about this movie is that it pays a lot of respect to the original film. You even have some returning characters, which was really badass, but, uh, yeah, so he kind of meets that guy, and that guy sort of, obviously he's dead now, but he sees him in his sort of spirit form, and it's part of, like, basically, kind of like Danny's guardian angel, right? His coach, he's teaching him how to use his ability, so uh, Danny kind of ends up finding and connecting with this younger girl who's a lot more powerful than he was, and they kind of connect telepathically, and they kind of, you know, they, they send messages out to each other, and then the only thing that I... Given that I didn't read the book, so I didn't read The Shining, I didn't read Doctor Sleep. Uh, what I know is strictly from the films. Um, the villains of the movie uh, were the only thing that I kind of had a problem with because there was no explanation, right? And, and King always has that sort of how he approaches his villains is like you really don't know much about them, right? You just know they're these ancient beings and they're out there terrorizing people. Same way he approached Pennywise in his It sort of books. You don't really get enough background on Pennywise. You know he's some sort of ancient being or demonic presence. And he's been there for a long time. So it's the same thing with the villains of this movie. It's You you really don't know what the hell they are. You just know that they feed off of the, this, this psychic ability that you have. Like this sixth sense. They feed off of that sixth sense. And what they reference it and what they call it. The shining is what, what happens when you're actually using the ability. You shine, right? You give off this aura. Uh, what encompasses that ability is internally inside you i guess it's like your soul but they call it the steam right and these these beans this group the, who are the villains in the movie who sort of uh 
it's led by Rebecca Ferguson, right? She plays uh, Rose the Head, so she's sort of the leader. And I'm pretty sure there's some sort of background information if I if I take the time to go and read the book, but ain't nobody got time for that. Um, I've seen how thick them fucking Stephen King books are. Hell no. Uh, <laughs> but they feed off of this, uh, preferably off of children, uh, for some reason. I mean, you don't really understand why they go for, for children specifically, but you kind of get a gist and, you know, there's multiple scenes where it shows them feeding, right? They have to basically hurt the kids, right? Fear is what drives it. And apparently it's like, they're just like Pennywise, man. Like they feed off of fear, but Pennywise is like eating their bodies and shit. They're not really eating the bodies. They, they drive them through pain and fear. And then they essentially they're sucking the soul out of these people, right? Specifically children that have the ability to shine, right? That sixth sense. And it's what keeps them alive, right? They don't, they don't, it's like they, it makes them, it keeps them younger for sure. I saw that. So that's probably why they go after youth, right? They, they're sucking the soul at the same time, absorbing that youth so that they stay young, right? So the whole gist is that they can live forever as long as they feed continuously, right? Uh, you tend to see in the movie, like some of them start to slowly die because there's, uh, been a long period where they haven't been able to find, uh, children with these abilities, right? It's been a long drought and they're starting to suffer and some of them are slowly dying. And then they end up finding Danny and the girl who, the girl is like a special case, sort of this new breed of like super powered, you know, ghost chick thing. So she has really, uh, it seems to me like in the movie, she had a lot more abilities than what Danny even knew how to use. Uh, she was able to, you know, do sort of like project herself, astral projection and, telepathic and telekinesis and all this stuff so she was pretty powerful and they caught on to her scent relatively quick because that's sort of how they find them whenever you use your abilities you give off a shine and these these demonic beings or whatever the hell they are pick up your scent and then that's ultimately how they find you and you know feast off your soul or whatever so like i said the movie's really good the cinematography the uh, the effects the lighting was really good the uh, res- the homage and respect paid to kubrick and his film style, especially towards the end of the film, when they do return back to the hotel, which was an amazing scene, man. I think, honestly, the entire movie is great, but that ending, that sort of uh, last sort of chapter, or the you know the, the climax of the film where they return to the original setting of the first film, was just nostalgic, man. It was so nostalgic. It looked just like you know, like the way we we left it in the first movie. Um, but yeah, that was my only nitpick that I had with this film is that I really didn't understand the villains and what their motivation was, what they were. Aside from the general Stephen King shtick of, oh, they're ancient beings and they need to feast and all this crap. They've been here for a long time, but nobody knows what they are. Like, ah, that gets kind of old after a while. Uh, so I would have liked to at least got some background information on what exactly they are. Um... But yeah, uh, other than that, I think the movie did really well, man. Ewan McGregor did really good. The girl... Uh, let me see if I can find the actress, actress's name, uh, playing the little girl. Uh, she, I think she's relatively new to the, uh, I guess I haven't seen her in any other films to be honest, but, uh, she did really well. I can't find her name, unfortunately. Uh, don't want to have to dig around too much for it, but, um, yeah, like I said, that was the only nitpick I had. It's a good horror movie. If you like horror movies, this is a definitely a must see, man. It's definitely... And if you can go see it in a large format theater, if they are showing it, it's I uh, unfortunately didn't get, didn't get to see it in a large format because I was I went to an early screening. I don't think the movie actually comes out until this upcoming Friday uh, on November eighth. But 
yeah, I went to an early screening and it was good, man. The sound design is very good. Um, like I said, the best part of the movie is towards that sort of final ch- cut, uh, getting towards the climax, that sort of uh, the fourth quarter of the film is what I would call it, but uh, where they return to the original setting. Uh, there's a nice little homage paid to The Shining, like sort of story in general, all the characters. Uh, obviously, you can't get all the original actors that played, you know, the ghost and Jack Nicholson, obviously, but they found a bunch of like lookalikes, and damn, were they good lookalikes, especially the one they got to play Jack Nicholson's character, uh, Jack Torrance, who, as you know, died in the first Shining, and I guess you know whoever dies there, their spirit's kind of trapped in that hotel. Uh, so you know, Danny returns this cool little scene where he's literally, you know, he's now in the foot in his shoes of his father, right? So he's going, he's entered the hotel. He goes to the bar to get a drink, and who do you know? Who's the bartender? The spirit this time is his father, and the guy they got to play Jack Torrance, man, looks. It was only like a slot, like a side profile. It didn't do like a full on like front sort of view of who the actor is, but you got a side profile, and holy shit, he looks just like Jack Nicholson did in the original uh, Shining. So I thought that was a cool little nod, man. I I, I did like that they didn't stray away and. You know, oh, we can't, you know, we can't bring these guys back because we can't afford it. Or I don't want to invest too much money in CGI just to recreate this. So that what they did and what they worked with what they had, I liked it a lot. It was very good, man. Uh, definitely a must-see for Stephen King fans, but it's definitely a must-see for just horror fans in general. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, I mean, they kind of leave it open, I guess, for more sequels with the ending. And, you know, kind of, you know, it's the... It's a predictable movie. I'll give you that. It's very predictable in terms of how it ends. You, you kind of know how it's going to end. Um, you know, Ewan McGregor, Danny kind of sacrifices himself to protect the girl and to, you know, kill the these demon creature thing, whatever the hell they are. Still, I don't even know how to describe them. That's how bad, like, how much of a lack of, like, information that it was given about these characters. But, yeah, he ends up sacrificing himself and, you know, destroying the hotel because it, that in itself was, like, uh, spiritual, like, supernatural presence that kind of feed, fed off of, you know, families. So, yeah, he, he went he went out big. He went out strong. He did the whole Tony Stark snaps type shit, but <laughs> it was a really good movie, man. I, I like the ending, regardless of how predictable it was. Horror movies tend to be, uh, you know, predictable all the time, so it's not, it's very hard to kind of mix things up. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a solid uh, horror movie. I, for a score, I think, and, you know, given that I am a fan of Stephen King, uh, I would definitely give it an 8 out of 10, which I think is solid. Definitely makes it a must-see in the theater. Uh, like I said, they do leave it open for the possibility of future sequels. So will they do that? I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty sure it's up to, uh, you know, Warner Brothers, or I can't remember who the... I think, I'm pretty sure it's Warner Brothers that made this. But, uh, you know, Warner Brothers is always trying to get that money, dog. Uh, I really hope if they do end up doing sequels that they continue with Mike Flanagan directing and uh, hopefully get some more input from Stephen King. I really want to see if I can find, uh, you know, Stephen King's opinion on this movie, even though he wasn't a fan of The Shining. Uh, I feel like he might like this one a little bit better, given that it did pay a little bit more homage to sort of his stories in, in terms of like the source material for the books. But uh, yeah, so that's the review, guys. Go check it out if you haven't seen Doctor Sleep. Definitely a must-see. You won't be disappointed. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think in the comments and give us our five stars, baby. Still trying to figure out this whole podcast thing, so we hope we're doing well. Let us know. We'll see you guys next time. Later.